Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly on the air. Good afternoon, Carmen Harry. The beat coming up at 5. And yes, uh, the spring training is real. Kevin Powell is in Arizona. We'll talk to him. James Fegan from The Athletic is there. We'll talk to him. And we had the pitch contest at Guaranteed Rate Field earlier this week. Harry, did not see you out there. Very disappointing. I thought that you would give effort. Well, you know, I'm a professional, so I really couldn't go out there and take the uh, pitch contest away from a listener. Ah, I see. So... I did go out there and tried to take the pitch contest away from... How'd you do? What were you bringing the ball in at? About 92? So I, I hit uh, 94 when I paid off the guy with the gun to yell out 94. You sure you weren't just being dyslexic? Yeah, you could have. That's very. It was very close to a 49. I think I was in the low 50s, but it was very cold out there, Harry. Tough day to throw. I was wearing a, you know, the long... Oh, save it. Save it. I was wearing the long coat, the whole thing. There is a video that's being produced at uh, fansided.com that will be out later this week, which shows my amazing performance. I will look forward to I enjoy your videos on Fansided. Thank you, Harry. I appreciate that. Uh, so... That we're going to talk to our the winner from that contest coming up here in a little bit, and that was an awesome moment. I got to tell you, Tom is. Uh, did you you talk you called him up, Curtis? How was he on the phone? He is a nice guy. He was really excited to come on and talk about it. Um, and from what I understand, he was even more excited that he won the contest altogether. I don't think he quite understood or or really expected himself to win, but it was great for him to get the victory. It was a great promotion by the White Sox. They had they 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 do that. They're very good at promotions. Yeah, it was sort of a little bit of a takeoff on what the Goose Island uh kicking contest that they did with Cody Parkey. This one though was going to have a winner whoever threw it the fastest got two tickets to a spring training game plus airfare plus hotel trip to Arizona the whole deal. And Tom, who won, Harry, diehard Sox fan, diehard, diehard. And I asked him, I said, hey, this has to be one of the greatest moments of your life. You know? I mean, you just won the pitch contest. Me meeting you? Yeah, that was not what I was talking about. But to win the pitch contest, like you're a diehard Sox fan, and you're in the bullpen, and you just won. Like, that never happens. I mean, I get that there's more important things in life, but this was a super cool moment. And then he's like, you know, I cried in 1989 when they traded Harold Baines. And then he just started to well up a little bit, Harry. Well, you you have that effect on people. You make people that are looking right at you cry. <laughs> It's great that a Sox fan won, and you know, just to be there, be at the park, to get to go on the mound. I mean, how cool is that? It's very nice. And they actually, the pitching uh, was from, they did it the opposite way to protect Roger Badish's bullpen. So we pitched from the catcher. Roger Badish has a bullpen Not there? Roger Badish, Roger Bossert. Excuse me, where is What it? if Roger Badish and Roger Bossert changed jobs for a week? I spent too much time with Roger Badish last night. Uh, which, or not enough. Or not enough. Most likely too much, but could have been not enough. That's an excellent point. I'm a fan of the bad man. The ba- I, you know, I always said to Roger... Roger Badish, great name for a news guy. Mm-hmm. But if he had changed his name from Roger Badish to Roger Badass, oh. next thing you know, I mean, the dude is legit running the city. Yes, and Roger Bossard, another example of Jerry Reinsdorf's loyalty and how smart he is 
You know, when they moved across the street from uh, Comiskey Park to what is now Guaranteed Rate Field, Bossert found a way to save the chairman about a million dollars. You know, and uh, Jerry has not forgotten that. And and my favorite room and my favorite part of that stadium is Roger Bossard's office. Pretty cool spot. People, so not only is he like the number one groundskeeper in the world and he's influenced so many different baseball stadiums, but he did the racetrack at Santa Anita. You know, the turf, the dirt. He's done like uh, golf courses in, in Dubai. He has been all over the place and the players, the players love him. It's a nice tribute we just did for, for Roger Bossard, who we will talk to later in the season. By the way, what's your favorite part of spring training so far? You want to know mine? Uh, I think it's that drill where the pitchers cover first base. You like that one? I like that. I don't think they do that enough. When they throw the fake pitch and then they run over there and catch it <laughs> to show that they know uh-huh. where first base is. Uh-huh. I like the look of Ricky Renteria early early going here. The Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. Little, the, the, Many men eat. I mean, this is uh, it's a whole other level for the White Sox skipper. So I, I was, I, you know, you got, I'm assuming that he thought long and hard about this. How am I going to look in 2019? My team is going to take a step up in the standings here. Who knows? We may take a big step up. How do I want to be presenting myself? And this is what Ricky came up with. I love so far from the players. What do you love the most? What 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 has been said? I've watched uh, Eloy Jimenez in the batting cage about uh, I don't know roughly four hours of mm-hmm. of just stare, staring at each incredible swing, and they got the mm-hmm. slow mos going on the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite so far. I like your guy Polka. He got so upset. He took it personally when he saw that the White Sox were picked to win 71 games. Didn't like that. He also lost 18 pounds. He did. Well, that's what happens when he's running away from a sports radio host who wants to marry him. Well, that might have. I'll take credit for that, Harry. Thank you very much. But no, he's he wants to be a guy that can contribute in the outfield as well. So he's even more. I guess uh, in better shape, more dedicated to his fitness. Yeah, and you know, with uh, the addition of uh, you know Yonder Alonso, you figure that Alonso and Abreu will be getting the majority of the DH moments, especially early on. So you know, Polka's spot will be you know one of those outfield corners. It'll be interesting to see how Ricky puts that all together. And yes, we are still waiting for Manny Machado who I'm assuming right now is having a finger sandwich somewhere and is thinking about what he wants to do. You got any insight on Manny? He's coming. You think he's coming? I think he's coming. Ah, he's did coming. Did you see the tweet from Rawlings with all his uh, black and silver gloves? Well, the the report yesterday from Jeff Passan was that it's down to the White Sox and the Phillies. The Phillies uh, do not look at all like the black and white gloves. He's got to be coming to the Sox. Yeah, and again, with the Phillies, he's one of the guys. You know, with the White Sox, he is the centerpiece. And all these great, talented players they already have, all these superstars of the future that are coming up, they're all going to be his wingmen. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, some of the best White Sox, as you know, have the number one ranked Marling system. And we're talking about some of the best young talent, you know, to hit the bigs in a long time coming up to the south side of Chicago. And as great as they are, if Manny's here, Manny is the best actor and all those guys are the best supporting actors. So if Manny signs before the end of the show, we'll let you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Promise that we'll be on top of that. Don't think that's going to happen. 
with the White Sox or with anyone? I'm, I'm thinking like now, I don't know, March the 8th? And and they say the Harper signing could be, you know, ridiculously late in spring training. And why not? Just wait it out. Uh, Tom Peterman, who won the pitching contest, is going to talk to us after a quick timeout here. Uh, my new favorite person in Chicago. 2019 sweet packages are available starting at just five games. You can get sweet for only five games if you want to go that low or go more. Uh, entertain clients, family, and friends with a unique ballpark experience. Call 312-674-1000 for more information. Sox fans, single-game tickets are now on sale. So join us for an exciting 2019 season filled with great giveaways and promotions all season long. Lower-level tickets start at just... $20. $20. Visit WhiteSox.com to purchase your tickets today. All right, cool promotion this week. You're going to love Tom. you got to hear the passion coming up next on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. Carmen Harry won't be on next Saturday because White Sox baseball will be on the air. Want to get together anyway? I would. Have a, I don't know, bologna sandwich something? A bologna sandwich? I feel like you're a type of guy that would still have a bologna sandwich. A little mustard? No? I'm, I'm a big fan of Oscar Mayer bologna. I will have a bologna sandwich. I prefer mine with Miracle Whip. Oh, my God. Miracle Whip takes a bad rap. Miracle Whip is fantastic. It's a great sandwich spread. Highly prefer it over mayonnaise and can also be a aid in other areas of the home. Let's find out if Tom Peterman, who won the White Sox pitch contest, is headed to spring training where he was already headed, uh, but now he's getting to go for free. Even because, better. Because he threw 76 miles an hour and then 73 over to by one mile an hour in a pitch off, Harry. It was very intense. Uh, Tom, congratulations. Thank, for ta- thank you for taking time. You're a phenomenal White Sox fan. You deserve this. And uh, you actually made my week, Tom Peterman. That, that experience watching you win was, was super sweet. Mark, you're too nice, man. You're too nice. Wait, I got, I got two things real quick. A bologna sandwich, that's how I get introduced into coming into the, the into this thing. How about that? You, you wait your whole life, and then he gives you a bologna sandwich introduction. It's a great sandwich. See, I, I would have said... I will be much... Go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, I'd be much happier if I get preempted for a Machado signing or something. That'd be fine. Right, right, right. I was going to say, you know, you, you know, you you haven't seen a guy like this on the Hill for the White Sox since Lamar Hoyt. You know, something like that. Since, Bla- <laughs> since Blackjack McDowell, since Brick Burns. Instead, he gives you a bologna sandwich. Well, you know, if you go right, you got Dotson, Bannister, and Burns, and all those guys in '83. So, Look at you! You I mean, are fine. great Sox fan. So let, let me ask you now: Have you had pitching experience? Have you thrown in uh, college in the minors? Uh, Come on, man! He threw in high school. You don't know Tom's background. Go ahead, Tom. Tell him. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark, for jumping in. No, I, I I did play in high school a little bit, and then uh, didn't like the uh, high school coach, so I didn't. Uh, he uh, he told me I'd be a closer when after sophomore year. I get pulled up during the playoffs for varsity, and I said, "No, I'm not going to do your thing." And I left, and uh, eventually, actually, I walked on for Illinois, but I hurt my arm. Ugh. Never really, uh, never pitched in a game. Never. I mean, I was involved with practices and everything, but uh, yeah. So I've just kind of resorted to coaching Sam, Lexi, and Luke. You know, my kids, uh-huh. and uh, hanging out with my wife playing softball. Hope so. Uh-huh. So you were a malcontent as a kid, and uh, you've come a long way? <laughs> I love that I'm a malcontent. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was more, 
you know, you, somebody tells you something you don't want to, you you trust their word, and it, that's all it came down to. I, I just didn't I didn't appreciate that he said, hey, you're you're my guy, and and when you're in sports, when somebody tells you he's your guy, I mean, you you stand by that, you you live by that. So yeah, it, I feel it you. was it was kind of depressing. So I, I just said. Uh, I got better things to do than to uh, play by a person who doesn't stand by their word. So, can you can you go back to earlier this week and just tell us how your day unfolded? You're at work. And you're like, all right, guys, I'm leaving. I'm going to Guaranteed Rate Field. I'm going to try to win this contest. It's it's funny you say that. the the whole The whole crew back at the office at Erickson was 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 totally on board with uh, me uh, going out there, and they were excited for me. They really wanted me to go. But then my uh, my dad and one of my best friends, Bill Dickinson. Uh, oh sure, everybody loves the office. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, he, they showed up in my office. They're like, "Are you ready to go?" I go, "Can I back out?" <laughs> they go, "No, no, we're going, we're going." Dickinson Can we get over to the park. Wait, hold go on ahead. a second. Dickinson believed in you more than you did. Oh, he's he's a great believer. Him and my other buddy Rob Pagorni are huge, uh, big fans. We're we're close uh, buddies. So I mean, it's they, they were going to spur me on. And if and if I would have backed out, my two brothers, JP and Michael, would have probably come and kick my butt so all right so we had so we had major we had major push coming so then you get to the park right. what's happening so you walk in they they shuttle you in and you're, you're like well what's going to go on and i'm trying to talk to a couple of the contestants which all the contestants were awesome i mean it, it it's fun just being around a bunch of diehard fans just being out there on their uh, work day but they, i kept asking guys if they wanted to throw a couple or do something and nobody was doing it there was one guy was doing all these weird yoga type drills <laughs> in the tunnel but uh once we got out of the, they, they they said they're gonna take a couple of us out onto the warning track and have a sit there and you're just freezing and just before i went down the tunnel my dad said hey here's the uh hand warmers why don't you just use them if you need them so i ended up uh holding the hand warmers the whole time until we got a it was our turn to come up and throw so that was one of the one of the secret things that we uh figured out and, uh, you know, that's great that Dad is still looking out for you all these years. He knew what you needed were the hand warmers. So uh, which uh, White Sox pitcher is your favorite? Who were you channeling as you <laughs> as you reared back, as you did the, uh, you know, uh, rocked and delivered? Uh, who were you channeling? Well, Harry, you, you're you're impressing me with your uh, – I used to be a two one with Matthew and Harry, but uh, oh, you did your research with Mark. Uh, uh, I told Mark one of my uh, – my idols was Mark Burley growing up, uh, so of course I'm not channeling him. But uh, I was a when I was a, growing up as a high schooler, I was I was a total relief pitcher. So I'm coming in there. I know it's I know every White Sox fan is going to throw something at the radio, but I'm going to bring up somebody like Billy Koch. You just come in there and throw as hard as you can. Billy Koch, did you have Metallica blasting as you came to the mound? I'm a I'm a you're going down by the sick puppies kind of guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. You, t- Tom, you told me out of the event that you cried when Harold Baines got traded first time. Harold, Harold, and, and and my whole family still gives me a hard time about that. Harold was my guy growing up. I, I loved the way he played. He was a great hitter, and then uh, they traded him. Eventually, I became a huge Robin fan. And then uh, that little lefty came out of what the thirty ninth round and started in two thousand one. That guy became one of my favorites, and then. Uh, Transition to Canerco. So, I mean, I, as far back as I can remember, I mean, I I was there the day 
uh, in '83, the day before they clinched. Uh, I think they played the Royals the day before. Uh-huh. So they clinched against the uh, Mariners. Mariners the next day with uh, Cruz uh, scoring on some guy who wore three on their back, who's going to the Hall of Fame later this year. There we go. Right. And of course, it was you know it was really um, uh, you know scary there with the White Sox win the division by twenty games by twenty one. <laughs> yeah, you know it was a nail biter. You know you had every day you can't you woke up and you go, are they going to clinch? I mean, come on. Yeah, so when you say Little Lefty, 2001, are you throwing on a Jimmy Parquet? Yeah, no, come on, man. You know this. It's Burley. Oh, Burley, yes. I was just, uh, I thought you were going with Parquet, because people, everybody loves Burley, but but people, you know, give me a hard time for my Parquet love. Well, yeah, you know, that margarine love is not something you should uh, <laughs> go to bat for, so. Tom, do you have your flight booked? Where are you at in the process here? <laughs> I've I've been asked that a couple times. I'm uh, as you mentioned, you, you listened pretty well the other day. We already had planned a, a family trip near the end of the spring training, uh, so I, I got to talk to the Sox still and figure things out. Uh, I, uh, when I talked to a couple of the people that were there, they said, "Hey, let's talk uh, next week and get caught up." But uh, I'll let you guys know. I mean, if you guys are out there, we can hook up, have a beverage or something, or maybe we go try and. Uh, we like a couple dollars out of everybody walking around the park in speed pitch. There we go. <laughs> Have you ever been to spring training before? Oh, come on. He's a regular. This will be fifth, fifth time. That's awesome. So I love it out there. Right? How, how many? I, I'm getting tired of these winters. I, I might be out there sooner rather than later. Well, Tom, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. We are proud of you. Carmen Harry, want to uh, send you a Carmen Harry t-shirt. Unfortunately, we don't have any of those t-shirts, so we can't do that. But if we did, we would. You'd be the first one. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. I, I'm really thankful, Mark. It was great talking to you the other day. Harry, it's good to talk to you again. I, I might have called in maybe about 15 years ago or so, but it's good to talk to you again. I, and, I remember. Uh, hey, let's go. Let's, let's go Sox, man. Let's go Sox and hopefully uh, bump into each other out at uh, spring training. Do you have season tickets at Guaranteed Rate Field? Until uh, Sam, Lexi, and Luke, well, the three of them grow up a couple more years, no. I used to, but uh, until uh, even though only 25 minutes away with no traffic, it's just it's a little difficult to get down there. I would if uh, the kids were a bit older. Okay, so but you're still out of the ballpark plenty. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll hook you up, Tom. Okay, well, hey, I mean, if you guys, uh, I'm fine. I already talked to the second guy. Uh, we're going to try to hook up sometime this summer uh, and reenact what we uh, had for the pitch off. So because we felt the conditions weren't as good as they could have been. So. There we go, Tom. To celebrate your win, I went to Rico Benny's and picked out. It was delicious. So thank you, <laughs> Rico Benny's. Actually, that little uh, Mexican joint right next door is not bad either. I haven't tried that. I'll I'll keep that in mind. All right, Tom. Have fun in spring training. Congrats again. You were awesome. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. We'll talk to you later. It was our pleasure. Tom Peterman won the pitch contest. I've never, I mean, I've never won anything in my life. Peterman came in there, won the contest. Incredibly uh, jealous of that man. Well, way to go, Tom Peterman. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you won something. I finished third once in a free throw shooting contest in third grade. That happened. Does that count? No? Join us in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. Single game tickets for the 2019 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale now. Tickets start at just $10 per game. With a special promotion throughout the season, you can purchase tickets online. Visit whitesox.com slash spring or camelbackranchbaseball.com. You can also call one 800 905 
33-15. Experience a game this season from the Goose Island. The newest addition to Guaranteed Rate Field, this area in right field features a variety of seating options, including field-level views, group party areas, and individual seating. Sounds like a great place for a bachelor party. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. Quick time out in the news next, 720 WGM. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Keeping it rolling. Going to go out to the desert in a second here. Kevin Powell, who's been living the dream, covering the Cubs and the White Sox down in spring training. Carmen Harry with you until 5 on White Sox Weekly, and then the beat takes over uh, till 7. Mark Gannis will be with us to start the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in the landscape of sports television in Chicago with the Cubs starting their own network. Uh, but right now, Kevin Powell, KP, welcome to White Sox Weekly. I've been following your every move at spring training, KP. You're doing a great job down there, sir. What, what's What's been the highlight for you so far? Ooh, the highlight for me. Um, 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 um. Well, there's just been so much Manny Machado talk. Honestly, at both camps, even Albert Almora was asked about it today. And it's, like, I know this was put out there on Twitter, and some people laughed about it. Um, some people took it seriously. Some people just took it as a joke. But, but on the on the on the half of the clubhouse at Camelback Ranch for the White Sox is is completely filled with their with their pro roster. And there's Yonder Alonso's locker. There's John Jay's locker, and then there's a completely wide open vacant, empty locker that everyone immediately thought, wow, Manny Machado is probably going to post up there if he signs with the White Sox. So I guess Machado has just sort of been the storyline so far. Well, it's pretty exciting stuff, and we think he's coming here. We do? Uh, yeah, don't you don't think he's you don't, <laughs> don't think know. he's coming? KP, KP, you're there. I mean, you feel it. You've got uh, connections. Would you if yeah. you were if you were a betting man? And I've seen you with the ladies, so I know that you are. Do you mm-hmm. think Manny's mm-hmm. going to end up uh, playing for the Pale Hose? I'm going to say yes. I just I just I'm feeling it, and I've sort of been back and forth. Um, Really all off season because that's the question everyone keeps asking. At this point, it's almost turned into like a joke. It's like, who's Machado signing with? And I really do kind of think he's going to sign with the Sox. It just sort of is pointing in that direction. Um, you know, at this point, we really don't know what to believe because what our agents putting out there, what our reporters putting out there for the agents, we don't really know. Um, but I just sort of, I'm kind of with you, Harry. I kind of get the sense that he's going to sign with the Sox. I feel like it would be a perfect fit. Jeff Passan reported yesterday it's down to the White Sox and the Phillies. I was kind of surprised to read that because I think the Yankees are where he wants to go. I don't. And if New York is offering low two hundreds, seems like a livable wage to me. But okay, where do you well, think he's going to go, Carm? You think he's going to go to New York? I if I had, well, I. I have no good feel right now. I just like what's he? Yeah, it's what, tough to tell right now. Yeah. What, well, what's he doing? Like, is, is he, <laughs> you know, is he having a, a finger sandwich and just hanging out? So, I mean, that's where we started the show. Like, what well, is like well, what? What's I? I just what well, is? But, I, but here's the like here's the thing. I don't. I mean, we can't knock Machado or Harper for where the situation is at. Look, this is back to back off seasons where we see this. When did Jake Arrieta sign last year? He was right. the top pitching prospect, or one of the top two, he and Darvish. And he signed in, in the second week of March. So, I mean, this is something that the players aren't happy about. You know, we, we've asked all the players that, that this is obviously something that Union and Major League Baseball is going to have to address 
figure something out. I don't know what they do to fix this problem where camps are opening up and there's still 100 free agents out there. That's another thing, too. Is it, Everyone's talking about Machado, and obviously that's, that's the most important. But if the Sox... Like there, are, once those two sign, you're going to see a mass amount of signings throughout baseball for free agents because those two are setting the markets. Well, everybody is waiting. There are still a ton of players out there to be signed. And Rick Hahn said the other day, he goes, "Look, we have more moves to be made." You know, I mean, he's he's basically made it pretty obvious that yes, they are all in on Machado, and he he hasn't really he hasn't really turned down the fact that they've they've gone for Harper. Um, so I you know I think those two will be the first dominoes to fall. But after that, you're going to see a ton of guys sign. So even if the Sox don't give a shadow, they're still probably going to be aggressive and sign some other guys. Okay, so let's talk about the guys that are there, KP. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so we know Eloy's not going to start the season there. If, Wait, Eloy, you mean Babe Ruth, right? Yeah, right, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> Roberto Clemente uh, combined yeah. with Barry well, Bonds. Said that. He goes, he goes, he's Babe Ruth of our generation. He said that this week, so... You know, it's 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 like it's it's really a fun time, and I even felt it last spring for the White Sox. The clubhouse at Camelback is just from over the past few years. It's just so much different. It's just a lively atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to seeing the everybody reporting because right now it's a handful of guys. But Eloy is there. A lot of laughing, a lot of smiles, a lot of good times. Um, I'm telling you, get your Eloy Jimenez jersey now. This guy is an absolute stud, and he's going to be. He's going to be the bigs for a long, long time. And uh, do, you, do you have his number once he gets to the big? I know he wants to be in the 70s. Uh, it's a good question. Well, I'm going to try to talk to him this week, and that's my first question. What number do you want to be? What number do you want enshrined in Cooperstown? Like? <laughs> okay, so Polka figures to start at one of the corners, and Adam Angle figures to start in center. Now, who do you think, until Eloy gets there, who do you think is your other starting outfielder? Ooh, uh, it's cool. Remember, they got John Jay now as well. Right, so, right. Uh, John Jay, Nicky Delmonico. I think you're going to see a rotation of guys, kind of what we saw last year. I mean, look, it's. Um, I, I think the the culture is changing, and all the guys continue to talk about. You know, Lucas Giolito told me yesterday, uh, a couple days ago. He goes, "I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing. I want to win." And we've heard that from a lot of guys. High expectations. Everybody says that in spring training. I get it. But this is year three of the rebuild. Start. It's time to start kind of stacking up a few wins here. So, you know, I think it is going to be a rotation to kind of see what they're working with, an evaluation of talent. But, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, you'll see kind of a cycling through of guys and Ricky Renteria and Rick Connell see where guys fit. But, yeah, I think you'll see a mix of Angle and Jay and Delmonico and who else am I missing in the outfield right now? Cordell. Uh, Ryan Cordell. Uh, Ryan Cordell, yes, great hair. Um, Not as good as yours. As well. <laughs> there's still a Gar- um, there's still one Garcia outfielder. I know that. Yeah, yeah, Leore. I saw him taking BP the other day. So, um, by the way, watching the uh, Eloy, Basabe, and who was it? Uh, Rondon. They were in the batting cage the other day, basically playing like a pickup game of horse, but baseball version off the tee which was something to watch because they were trying to hit certain parts at the back of the cage, and there was a tiny little hole in the netting in the back, and the goal was to hit it through there. And these guys were hitting absolute missiles <laughs> through this little hole in the netting, which was, I guess was worth two points for the game they were playing. It was just unbelievable. I couldn't – I mean, like, I couldn't hit – none of us could if, in a million tries. And these guys are out there just hitting lasers into, uh, you know, a, a 
a two-foot area on this netting on the back of a batting cage. It was, it was pretty fun to watch. It's called professional athletes. KP, we're, uh, we're up against the clock a little bit here. We're going to talk to James Fegan as well, who's one of your guys. Uh, just re- best. real fast, on the uh, as far as the pitchers go, who's getting the oohs and ahs? Who's looking the strongest out of the gate here? Uh, I thought Lucas Giolito looked outstanding the other day. Ricky Renteria was basically glowing about him. He did this neurofeedback program in the offseason where they study his brain waves. That's really all I can tell you about it, guys. What? I'm not a neurosurgeon. Yes, uh, neurofeedback, where they, they did 20 program sessions where they studied his brain waves, basically in a, you know, to figure out some. He said he was hitting a mental roadblock. I mean, Carm, we watched a million games together. Some of those. Some of those innings, you know, he cruised through three innings, and the fourth inning would come and he'd give up five runs. So it's stuff like that. He's kind of changed his mechanics a little bit. I thought Giolito looks outstanding a couple days ago when I watched him. Fair enough. I want to. I like to get on the same. Neuro feedback, boys. Google I, it. I could use it myself. I'm sure. Let's get some <laughs> neuro feedback going. On. KP, KP, great stuff. We'll talk to. You, we'll hear you at least later in the week. All right. All right, boys. Talk to you. Thanks. Kevin Powell out in Arizona. All right, we're going to talk to James Fegan from the Athletic. Coming back here, quick time out. Seven twenty WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. Seven twenty WGN. Season two of the White Sox on seven twenty WGN. Great to have you, Jerry Reinsdorf, Carmen Harry, with you on. White Sox Weekly, beat coming up at 5. James Fegan doing a great job covering the White Sox for The Athletic, joining us now from the desert. James, good to talk to you in 2019. Welcome. Uh, coolest thing I think I've seen in the offseason, or at least one of them, was you getting to go down to the Dominican Republic and uh, find out the backstory on Ronaldo Lopez. That was uh, just an awesome piece by you. You want to just maybe kick it off with that experience? You don't get to do that every winter. That was not one of the coolest experiences of the offseason. That was one of the hottest experiences of the offseason <laughs> that I've dealt with. Um, yeah, uh, Ronaldo invited us to his home neighborhood that he grew up with his grandparents and, and showed us the house he grew up in, showed us uh, the dirt road that he played uh, stickball with like other kids in the neighborhood in. Um, you know, talked about how he really didn't become a pitcher until he was 16, which, you know, at, at that age for a Dominican prospect, you know, Eloy was already signed with the team when he was 16 and somebody who had been three, four years, so he was really kind of a late bloomer in that regard. And they pulled him from catcher one day and uh, saw how hard he could throw, and he was a pitcher from there on out. And, you know, he's really, you know, the phrase, like, comes from nothing or, you know, grew up poor, like, he's thrown around, but I don't think people really appreciate, you know, the the lack of resources that Ronaldo really came from and, and how much of his rise to the majors is, is sweat equity and just sheer overcoming the odds of just not even from, you know, as a baseball player, but even as a, as a kid in the Dominican, just not having some of the resources of some of the top prospects and still just his raw talent and his work ethic kind of shining through. Hey, James, as you know, uh, Ronaldo had an off-again, on-again season for the uh, Pale Hose last year. Do you expect more consistency this season? Uh, I would say yes. I mean, it's hard to necessarily say that this guy's going to be a consistent performer before you really see the track record of that. You know, he certainly has the capability of it. I think overall, probably over the course of the season, he's probably the best season of anyone on the White Sox rotation. And if you look at the guy he was over the last two months, you'd say that guy can be a playoff starter for this team when it matters. And whether or not we can see, you know, the last two months over the course of a six-month season is really the test of him and whether or not he, his fastball will kind of, you know, have the same kind of movement and 
and uh, command that he, he displayed there, that's really a test of it. I certainly think Ronaldo proved that he can stick in a major league rotation, but whether he can be an asset is probably something that you know he does have to show the consistency over six months to really establish. What do you anticipate happening with Yohan Moncada? Has he been taking grounders at third? What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, I think, I mean, it was interesting enough. I mean, it's enough to take video of it and notice of it, but until something else happens, even the the talk of him moving to third has really died down over the last two months. I think it's just kind of an exercise. I don't think that Yohan Moncada will go his entire White Sox career without playing third base, maybe even for seasons at a time. But I don't think it's something happening immediately in this offseason, not without some major move pushing him there. And really, I don't think Manny Machado is going to push him there. He's more likely he'd play third himself. So it's probably something more down the road to think of uh, as a result of Madrigal or someone else coming up. Have they, uh, obviously, they've, they've talked to him. Do you, uh, you know, is it realistic to think that his eye at the plate for laying off the pitches outside the strike zone can be better? Um, I hope not. <laughs> He's already probably as hesitant for swinging pitches outside the strike zone as, as just to, in terms of swings on pitches out of the zone as he is uh, compared to the rest of the league. I think he's already top tier. I think what he needs to do is be more aggressive on stuff on the edges of the zone and, and playing protection a bit more. I think he probably has both like the lowest uh, uh, swing rate for pitches out of the zone and in the zone or clears near the top of the league in that regard. But given how much swing and misses in this game, he really needs to be aggressive on stuff out of the zone. He can't really afford to take many strikes because he's a guy who's you know going to swing and miss at pitches that seem to be drivable at times. And he has to kind of overcome that with a bit more aggressive approach. James Fagan from The Athletic with us for a couple more minutes here on White Sox Weekly at J-R-F-E-G-A-N. If you like to follow him on Twitter, where you can see videos that James is taking of Aloy Jimenez in the batting cage, and he slows it down for you to get you really, really excited. Uh, what, what's the date on when he's going to be up here? What do you got, April the 19th? What do we got? Um, I was just actually Googling it just now. It's just because, um, you know, reviewing the whole Chris Bryant situation, he had to wait 20 major league days on the calendar. Uh, I think for Eloy, that would put him in the middle of like a road trip that's in Detroit and Baltimore. And I, I feel like, uh, <laughs> Rick Hahn has mentioned a couple of times that the marketing department will have words with him if Eloy makes his debut on the road. So it'd be more likely, uh, something late April where he's up the first kind of home series that's in the fourth week of April. Like, don't have the calendar right in front of me, but people at home, if they're really interested, can probably figure it out. So you look if if he starts slow at AAA, there's no way they don't bring him up, right? How can he start slow at AAA? I don't know. I feel, <laughs> he hit 350 there last year power, no strikeouts. Uh, baseball's a weird game. He's, can, he's asking a what if, a hypothetical. These things can happen, but I, you're. To your point, it's highly, highly unlikely, but maybe he's, you know, why am I down here? This is, I'm bored out of my mind. I, just get me up already, and perhaps just not as folks. It's cold. I don't know. It's probably not going to be very cold in Charlotte. But I, you, you, there, the bottom line is you don't see anything derailing him being here at the end of April, but you don't see anything changing where he'd be here at the, at the start of opening day. I think if he's stagnant in AAA, that would probably only speak to the idea that you're not challenging him and he's no longer responding, just playing against overmatched competition. And the thing to like, shake him out of that would be to promote him. I, I think he's kind of shown you, it's, if he's struggling down there, it's not because he lacks the tools or approach to do it. It would simply be focused. And at, at this point, 
he's already shown you that he can conquer that level thoroughly. I, I don't think there'd be any purpose beyond just, you know, him getting hurt or something not being right. You need him to sharpen up uh, to keep him down AAA beyond, obviously, the requirement that's not being spoken about. Right, right. Fair uh, enough. Uh, Tim Anderson gave us a, a very rare 2020 season last year. How many, if, you know, ba- stealing bases is a lost art. If this guy is getting on first at a pretty good pace, how many bags do you think he could swipe? It's interesting because Tim Anderson last season, uh, he came up super, super aggressive. And both in his first couple seasons and the start of last year, he stole bases at a super high efficiency, something around 90%. The cutoff to really where stealing bases is, is makes sense and it's a good strategic move is 75%. So he's well above that. Um, but he was so aggressive at the start of last year that we saw that percentage start coming down because other teams started really keying into him and he wound up finishing more in the high 20s than probably the 40 or 50 or 70 that he looked like he was on pace up at the start. So I'm wondering how much his reputation across the league is going to start running into the limits of his ability. And he obviously became a lot more patient, a lot more disciplined about where he went. So it's going to be interesting because the entire league knows that he's an elite base dealer at this point. And it's a question of how much they're really going to allow him or how much they're going to key on him. So, with all that rambling aside, I probably would put something more reasonable around 30 or 40 just because it seems like he's not going to sneak up on anybody in that soon. Who's starting opening day? Uh, I would say Carlos Rodon. I don't really see another uh, candidate in terms of just they've shown a tradition of respecting track record and tenure with the organization, and he's got kind of the most in that regard. Ronaldo had a nice season, but, you know, Carlos is somebody who's been with the organization for, you know, four or five years now, and, you know, is, is the ability or the you know, the mindset to take that on, and it, it seemed like it'd be a worthy honor for him. It's it's fun if you put in uh, White Sox opening day starter into Twitter. The first that pops up is March uh, of 2013. Robin Ventura has selected Chris Sale to be the White Sox opening day starter, and then you move along to March of 2017. White Sox announced Jose Quintana <laughs> as the opening day starter, and and John Danks in 2012. Anyway, okay, I'm having fun with uh, just thinking about seasons gone by. James, we can't wait to see you at Guaranteed Rate Field. Get it all going for real. Appreciate your time. Enjoy spring training. We'll be reading you. So the first thing I did this morning was fail a sporkle quiz in every White Sox Open New Starter from 1960, so <laughs> I appreciate the trip down memory lane. Wow, that's something. Alright, don't let, don't let Kevin Powell do anything goofy to you on this trip. Uh, okay. I'll try. <laughs> see you, James. Thanks a lot. Thanks. James Fedekin from The Athletic. Hey, uh, whether you're looking to head to the ballpark with 20 people or a few hundred, the Chicago White Sox have the perfect option for you. Call 312-674-1000 for information on group outings for 2019. Man, that season is is almost upon us. They're, they're going to start playing spring training games soon, and then the season starts. Next Saturday, White Sox and the Dodgers right here on 720 WGN. Our interview with James Fegan, sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. All right, that'll wrap up White Sox Weekly here. I think you got something you want to tell the uh, the fans over there now. Did I not hand you something? Uh, I, I want to tell them Manny's coming. Okay, Manny's coming. Fingers crossed, at least. Uh, The Beat is coming up next. Carmen Harry with you on 720 WGN.